Welcome to The Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance. Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Torrey. Let's get better together. Back to The Culture Classroom, a special edition with the American Football Coaches Association Conference happening in Charlotte. And joining us in the classroom today, live from Charlotte, from his hotel room, is Nick Winkler. He's the head football coach at Clintonville, Wisconsin High School. And uh, Coach Winkler, I know you're going to talk about quarterback culture. You're going to talk about how to run a team. You're going to talk about all the secrets in the biz. So Weaver and I are actually going to hang up the call and let you take this thing on autopilot. But you're one of my best friends. We talk on the phone all the time. I'm really grateful to have you in my inner circle. And I'm super excited to see what you've turned this presentation into. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for having me. And I think it's just, it's really exciting to be able to do this and uh, have people hear it well after the AFCA convention's over. And um, uh, the work that we've all done together, hopefully this this presentation is a good reflection of that. And uh, really appreciate both of you guys because you guys are also in my inner circle. And uh, man, it's it's hard to find good people to be around. So it's, it's awesome that we've got you guys. So started off and uh, hopefully you all can see this, but uh, say when has been somewhat of a, a mantra, a motto, the heartbeat of our team this year. And, you know, we kind of got into this idea and it's going to carry throughout the presentation as I go. But as you listen, I really want you to think about how important those two words are when you're facing adversity, when you're facing challenges and you're facing the things that just come at you in your everyday life and uh, not just in football, but, you know, as we're building young men to go out into the world and uh, and do great things. So a little background on me. Uh, I started out in Michigan, played at a small division two school. Uh, Saginaw Valley State, which was a great experience. There's been a lot of really, really, really phenomenal alumni that have come out of there, most notably Matt LaFleur, uh, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, and Todd Hermans, who played left guard for the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, it got the got the chance once I'd left uh, the playing the playing days to join the coaching staff as a student assistant there. And spent a lot of time with Coach Collins in the offensive side of the ball and then moved over to the defensive side of the ball with Todd Stepsis, who's now the head coach at Drake. And in my time, I was able to really kind of start to form this identity of the coach I wanted to be from those guys. And it was a phenomenal experience. Uh, after I'd graduated, I got a phone call in Anchorage, Alaska, and they said, man, we'd like to offer you a teaching spot if you're interested. And, you know, being a young guy and not really knowing what was going on, they, they'd said it was $44,000. I had graduated in December. So I thought it was $44,000 for the, the rest of the year. And I was like, that's pretty good for a first year teacher. So I'll take that and got up there and found out that was like the whole year. So, um, but had a great experience and got the chance to start, my coaching career really there in, in the high school ranks and uh, started off as an assistant coach and was coaching the offensive line and then became the head coach. And uh, as you can see in the picture there, there's a couple of the other coaches that have had a huge influence on me, Co coaches that have coached me or I've just met from the AFCA or um, kind of situations of how I met you, you and coach Weaver. Uh, so I think that 
you know, that, that was such a important period of my life as far as development. And in that picture, we, we started a football camp. We brought 10 to 15 coaches up uh, to Anchorage, Alaska every year and really tried to give the kids that were playing football in Alaska a platform to showcase their skills, to help them get recruited or just get, you know, those skill sets developed that they might not get because of the distance, the cost, the travel situations that happen when you're so far removed from uh, really the rest of the United States in regards to the uh, universities that play football. So following Alaska, I made my way down to New Mexico where I met you two guys and had a good experience at Gallup High School and um, was the head coach there for two years. When I'd got the job, there was 24 kids in our weight room program and uh, th that that were carryovers from the previous football staff and on that football team. And um, when we when we finished up there, I think we had 56 kids total that were participating in the football programs, off-season lifting program and had taken the team from 35 kids to over 60 uh, during, the, during the fall, which was pretty special and really got, got my chance to kind of meet a few people along the way. I was fortunate enough to meet a lot of guys in the Southwest, like Bob Davey and uh, the coaches at New Mexico state where they, they again really helped me kind of develop into the coach that I am today. And then finally arrived, arrived in the, in the dairy state and you know we do do a little bit more than just cheese up in wisconsin but uh it, it's it's been really a phenomenal three years kind of taking a team that really had struggled for a long time and build build that into a competitive football team and that's through the uh the culture that we've created within within that within that short period of time i think we've done pretty well so a little bit about that that uh that team when I first got it and first took over in the first uh, or when I when I kind of reviewed things in the last three years they had th had three wins so prior to 2020 they had had three wins in those three previous seasons uh they had not had a playoff appearance since 2009 and uh running clocks and uh early early bus rides or early arrivals were were the the norm if you will you know, a lot, a lot of people had complimented the fact in the first game that I coached there that we did not have a running clock, nor did we have uh, anybody go to the hospital. So that was, that was something that, uh, you know, reflecting on it, man, you talk about how, how standards have changed that that was, that was interesting. And also Clintonville is a unique place because, you know, we have a ton of kids that, they they do have to seek out employment or they they have some situations that they may have some financial hardships like everywhere but uh you know we we were fortunate to have a quarterback club that primarily fundraises to help the football team which which was really nice so it was kind of a a little bit different i guess from previous stops where the booster clubs were more um they they fundraised for the entirety of the athletic department um so so that that was a unique thing and i think that helped a lot with some of the little things that we tried to do or they were they were able to help make some of those things happen but uh you know since i've taken over we've had two winning seasons you know the first year we ended up going one and six but since then we've had two winning seasons and back-to-back -back playoff appearances and actually uh we we did go to the playoffs 
my first season and we, you know, the, the, just the fight to have that season during COVID, you know, we, we definitely count that cause that was really important. Uh, we've had multiple all conference players, back-to-back offensive players of the year, two all region players. And uh, the first two all state players that we've had since I believe the seventies, uh, that was the last time we had had an all state player. So just the, the quick transition uh, and I, I guess I say quick because it's in a, you know, in a three season span uh, was pretty remarkable, but I do feel like we did some unique things and uh, it, that, that had really impacted and made that possible. So the first thing that I looked at, especially how, how we're, t- when we talk about culture is how we teach our playbook, you know, and a lot of guys are really, really good at X's and O's. And, and I think that we do have a lot of guys that are really good at culture. It's just hard to discuss it. So, you know, when I was kind of trying to figure out with our coaching staff, what we wanted that to look like, well, first, how we teach our playbook is the players see it. We meet about it, we practice it, and then we review it. So culture should be the same, right? And one of the unique things I think about culture, though, is it's so hard to measure that uh, with fine, uh, you know, it's so hard to measure that within the game. Um, you know, you don't have a statistic necessarily that defines your culture that you can pull from each game. But I also think it's something that is the most micromanaged thing in all organizations, especially by leaders that are not necessarily uh, willing to take the time to invest to understand how important it is to the success of the organization and often fear it and uh, the, you know you see that with jealousy of other people within the organization you see that with uh, how how they approach the players and the freedom that they give the players and the just the overall climate of the of the organization you see how well that's managed and you know i really think that leaders have struggled that have struggled often micromanage the culture of the organization and they create situations where there's a lot of fear jealousy and you know it's almost overrun it's oversaturated by that and uh quick plug to pro quick draw and and i know pj Katz has been on here before but i just wanted to throw that slide in there that shows one of our plays, uh, you know, and and I think that that's pretty cool as far as if if we're able to define our playbook like that and we're able to give those resources to our kids in regards to our playbook and, and some of those intricacies, the hope is that we can do the same thing with our culture. So we've come up with four agreements within within the staff and our leadership council that uh, we're going we're gonna to recognize the culture cycle. We're going to recognize our EQ and we need to be, self, first of all, self-aware in, in addition to aware of how our program is doing with that. And I'll get to that in a little bit. We, we recognize that we have to get back to green no matter what. We'll talk about that. And then the R factor. And then afterwards, if we have some time, I will try to get into uh, some quarterback offseason stuff. But first of all, you know, if, if we don't, if we don't have a great culture, you know, we're not going to be able to ke- teach good character principles because that's part of it. But uh, that that's really going to help lay the foundation for our entire 
uh, program, you know, and that, and that starts with our foundation is really us. It's our administration. It's our community members that surround the team and, and all of those facets. And if you look, all of those are the pillars or the cornerstones. And in order for our kids to be successful, we need to make sure that those pillars and those cornerstones are standing vertical. They're standing straight. They're aligned. We're not misaligned at all because you know, um, you know, I think a great reference point is if you if you look at an old house and the foundation starts to fall in, you really got two choices. You either knock it down or you jack the house up and you fix the bottom before you can ever fix the top. And, you know, that's that's another thing when we assess our culture that I think you have to look at. The kids are the top, you know, and, and we have to be able to assess and recognize and try to uh, kind of straighten out some of those things that are at the bottom and those are the administration those are those are the community members the coaches and uh the parents everybody that surrounds those players that's that's our foundation so we need to make sure we get that right before we can ever help those players get it right so this is our this is our section that we'd call the pre-practice or the intro and uh this is just a quick shot and i think this speaks to our culture so one of one of our fifth grade or second grade students wanted to come out to practice we have we encourage those kids from our elementary school and middle school to come out to practice and hang out with us this is a shot of jack and jack got to play quarterback for one rep in one of our walkthroughs and i thought that was a great great little chance for our players too to kind of take some ownership and uh you know start to build relationships with young younger community members that are going to be future football players on our team so back to say when, say when is a gunslinger mentality. That's something that we had come up with this season. If you see the two guys that are standing next to me, they're the ones that had really uh, not only came up with it, but they're the, they're the promoters of it. And that is again, the mantra of the team that we had, that we had. So we first decided if we're, if we're all going to want that gunslinger mentality, then we better figure out what gunslingers do. So the way that we defined it is gunslingers beat to their own drum. They have moxie. They're confident in their actions, always working for the best in others and the greater good. And they're finding problems and recognizing problems and then coming up with solutions. They understand what's needed of them. And then they never get ready. They're always ready. So I, I think that's really important, especially later as we talk about the offseason program. You should never be getting ready for anything. You should just be staying in a position where you're ready for whatever is coming at you, you know, and, and getting ready and being ready are two very different things. And I think that's that's important in how we approach everything. Um, and then, you know, the, the gunslinger never knows when it's going to be his time to fight. But, the, you know, when it does come, don't flinch. So I think that that's important. And we, we want to be the people that, you know, have done what it takes to get to the position where when, when we need to go into and we have to fight through adversity, we have to fight through hard things and fight through hard times uh, that, that we don't flinch when it matters. So on top of that, as the, as the coach, I need to give the gunslingers what they need as much as I need to be a mentor and a model for them for that. I also need to recognize that when it's game time and when they're out there, they represent our program and I need to give them what they need. And they're the gunslinger where I, I'm, I'm the, I'm the mentor, if you will, or uh, the kind of the old hat. So 
the biggest thing that we de- we decided is we needed to have freedom within within the team for our players and give them the ability to make mistakes and be okay with making mistakes and be confident in their their preparation. So, you know, I we we really felt as a coaching staff that the more ownership that we gave them, the more fight that they would have when in adverse situations because they've been given the freedom, they've been told it's been it's okay to not only not only face adversity but overcome adversity you know and uh and then let them own to use brian kite's phrase and tim kite's phrase let them own their 20 square feet what what area of the team is theirs and what what do we want to see from it and that goes back to not micromanaging them but rather giving them standards that we want to meet and and allowing them to meet those standards and then just if they're given the framework, they they'll they'll hopefully uh, recognize that and accomplish it at that time. I, I I very much do not enjoy giving kids rules and regulations and things that they they feel are going to limit their creativity and limit their ability to perform at a high level. Um, and in fact, this year we we had eliminated the usage of the word rules from everything and we just we just talked about standards because rules i think are meant uh, you know to to be met and to be in in certain times they're broken and i i think standards are things that we all hold ourselves to and we all want for ourselves so we we did that and it really you could see the ownership start to take over um with with our team throughout the season you know or throughout training camp and then it, it carried over into the season so with that, you have to be able to build a system. So our system that we've built has has allowed those guys to operate by giving them the control and the freedom to make decisions. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we often do is with within that is we, we have a lot of reflection time, not just outside of uh, the game and watching tape, but we we talk about a lot of the decisions that were made in practice. And, you know, we, we have a leadership council that meets regularly, as well as I uh, teach a leadership portion of, uh, or, or I am a instructor in a leadership class that we, we talk about this an awful lot. So I, I think that the ability to come back from mistakes, discuss them, review things is so important. And we, we know how important it is to our football teams. I think it is even more important uh, in the overall culture of the program and the success of the team. If we talk about those things. So in the second part, we've, we've kind of went to that pre-practice though, that, uh, that we would go through normally. Now, when it comes to execution, you know, I've started off with a with a quick reference to the Twin Thieves by Lucas Jaden and Steve Jones that the fear of failure and the fear of judgment, uh, those are the biggest thieves in America right now. And those those thieves, they will infiltrate your program, they'll infiltrate your system, and they create create situations where your players are not able to really be them true be their true selves at practice or within. Uh, in any type of competitive activity. So when I came in this season, we had our first team meeting. I had told the kids that we'd just gotten two transfers as well as the coaches. And I didn't tell anybody that this was going to happen. We had two transfers, best players in the country. 
and uh, they were they were going to be the sole factor in how well we do this season and with, without a without a doubt their their significance it outranks any anybody else that we could have involved with our program and uh if you can see the lockers there's m law and c sure and uh you're just to kind of reference the side here your culture is in a daily position battle with murphy's law and murphy's law so murph law and cole sure became two players in our locker room. We set up lockers for them. We gave, we put helmets in the lockers, shoulder pads, whatever else, so that players knew how significant they were. And uh, Murph, Murph is your senior. He's the guy that's in the in this position battle with Cole. And Murph is going to be the person that always tests the boundaries, is always going to be the guy that you know, wants players to, you know, he's going to be the one that's, hey, take a rep off. You you practice really hard or, you know, it's it's okay to go and do this. Coach isn't going to really care. He's not looking. While Cole is this little freshman that is happy-go-lucky. He is excited to be there and you need to coach him up every day because he, he's a great player. He just doesn't know all the time where he's at. So you ha you have to take him shape him give him the framework so that he can be successful within within the uh the standards that you set for the team and also if you you know give him the opportunity to grow and you you have to continue to help him grow just as you would continue to help a teammate if you were in the weight room lifting weights just as you would help a teammate if they were having a hard time in a class and you helped them study for a test or you know, they had something going on at home and you were just a just an ear for them to listen to. Cole is the guy that you want on the team. Murph is talented, but Murph is the guy that can make it or break it for you. Or he, he can break it for you. Cole is the guy that can make it or break it for you, depending on how much time you give to him. And uh, Cole, Cole, Cole is the guy that we had come to recognize as he's the most significant factor to our success. So we, we kind of gave that, and I know it's funny that, you know, we'd made made up two players and, you know, kind of helped, but just the visual every day when you're walking out to practice, like, man, you know, if I, if I, if I acknowledge all the things Murph is telling me today, you know, maybe, maybe I don't go as hard or maybe I, I kind of let, let adversity get to me, but man, if I, if I have Cole on my side and I know he's kind of something that I got to keep grooming, helping groom him while I'm out at practice, we're going to be more apt to have a better chance to be successful. So with that, that comes to, that comes to the culture cycle. So the culture cycle, uh, as, as you know, if you've listened to this podcast previously, you know, the culture is always your problem. It's always your solution. So you you have to recognize it as a living and breathing entity within your team. Just like when I referenced that we, we'd given culture a locker, we've given culture a helmet, shoulder pads, everything it needs. You you have to give it everything it needs every day. And, and those are the things where building your culture, you know, there are problems. The helmet breaks, the shoulder pads break. Uh you know, you, you have those little things come up and that's why it's so hard. But the solution is you have to keep fighting every day to get it right. You know, you have to keep fighting and giving those, those athletes of yours, the things that they need every day. You know, we talk about um, 
the essential needs of a student in the classroom and you know those those things that we have to have just as human beings well the culture of your family your your job your your football team everything that is an essential need for human beings you know i think that when we talk about things like mental health we talk about things that kids struggle with adults struggle with all of those things getting the getting the culture right it's not easy it's not always something that when people reference it that it's uh that it's it's always happy go lucky but you know what i think it creates healthier human beings when you have a healthier culture so recognizing that your culture is the problem and the solution is an extremely important thing uh and with that the most important people are the most important thing within your culture is the people if you look uh one of our athletes is up here jordan and jordan he he would tell you that uh Man, he he did not play football till his junior year, and he had a pretty negative um, uh, mindset towards football. You know, he didn't really enjoy it. Uh, he had a bad experience previously, so he did not play his sophomore year. He did not play his freshman year, and finally, I was able to have him join our team. And Jordan turned into not just one of the uh, not just one of the captains of our football team and one of the leaders, um, you know, but he he had taken it to a whole nother level when he starts mentoring you, our players that are in our middle school program and attending other things. And, you know, on top of that, Jordan saw a lot of success from buying into the culture. You know, Jordan, Jordan became the all state player. Jordan became all of these things and granted a lot of that's due to talent, but you know, there, there's a significant part that he kind of had assist him when he, he decided, you know what, I'm going to show up to practice every day. I'm going to, I'm going to work hard, you know, in the off season, I'm going to get some of these things right. And uh, I'm going to be a teammate that people want, not a teammate that people have. And I, I think for Jordan to grow in that sense throughout, throughout this or throughout this time has been pretty special to watch. And and he is, he's one of our most special players that I've, that I've coached. And it's, it's been a definite blessing just to be around him. But, you know, I think that he has been, somebody that has been a, a significant reason why we've got things right these past couple of years. So, you know, the, the thing that really started it for us in, in addition to recognizing how important the people were was finding the importance of having a brand and our brand is not something that we take lightly in Clintonville, but every place that you go has a brand, has a story, as something that people people might not be aware of that is significant in kind of getting bringing bringing people together and that's the first step in getting the culture right is bringing the people together so when we talk about building our brand uh you know you'll see the graphic ladder company six and you know that this is something that our community is very closely connected with and uh, what I, what I, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, we're, we're not just a school that's got a fire truck with a logo. Culture Classroom is sponsored by Pro Quick Draw, the dynamic playbook solution for modern coaches. Let technology work for you with time-saving features to eliminate the busy work so you can spend more time coaching. Our subscription comes with starter templates, stencils, and plays for you to begin building your 2022 playbook quickly. Give us a try for 30 days and keep all the templates you make during your trial. 
That's pro quick draw. Uh, on 9/11, when those when that tragedy happened, you know the 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 community of Clintonville band together. They everybody came together to help uh, build fire trucks to replace the ones that were lost in that tragedy, and our, our community rallied around that. And you know that that was a horrible situation, but you know some of the things that came from it were there is a ladder company six. And if you go and you can, you can check out the video on YouTube. I know we don't have a ton of time left, but you know, they, they came, they went in with six people towers, unfortunately, you know, they fell and, uh, but they band together and they, their sole mission was to save a lady that they had found in the stairwell. And those six guys that went in came out with seven. So they did their job that day and our, and our players were so touched by that in our skill position guys that they decided to call themselves ladder company six, not because of the fact that, you know, it, it does have a, a football related message, I guess, with the six position or skill position players trying to come out with, with seven points every time. And, you know, you do have to kind of, I guess not do the math too hard in that one, but it, it is football related, but uh, really it, it talks about being selfless and being a servant leader and looking out for others and being that person all the time that we want within our program. And uh, I was super proud of them when they decided that that's kind of what they wanted to rally around and what we'd focused on. And, uh, you know, so we, we had that brand and that was in Clintonville for, you know, 20 plus years and no, nobody had really recognized it, but we had taken it over and to watch those guys band together a little bit more because they knew like, and no matter what we go through, it's never going to be as, uh, as difficult as what they did on the, on that day. And, you know, the lessons that they taught us on that day about being selfless and being a servant leader and caring about people and really forgetting and getting rid of fear and judgment at those times and just being concerned about others uh, is super important. So we've been or we, we've built that brand in our football team and every every player's got a shirt that's got that on the back. And uh, it, it just it's so that we can remind ourselves how important it is to um stick together and be selfless in moments, especially in moments of great adversity. So that I know I kind of explained a little bit of this, but you know, the other thing about it is it's extremely authentic and it helps our players develop an identity. And, you know, I, I think that from there, you know, we, we have turned that into transformational relationships just because of how powerful uh, our brand is. And, you know, while, at times, we do need to have moments where we might have to be transactional. You cannot be transformational without being transactional. So I, I think that that was extremely important um, in, our, in our development and kind of just keep it going. And I know we, we're short on time here, but, uh, you know, when we talk about IQ, you know, and, and how we test our, our grade or evaluate our intelligence, uh, you know, what's what's more important is probably how we evaluate our our emotional responses, right? And how we evaluate our relationships with others. And, you know, we have Coach Tory, Coach Weaver, you know, you guys know we've discussed the bank accounts and the transformation or, you know, the transactions that we do have. And, uh, you know, if we need to make sure that we're making a lot more deposits than we're making withdrawals. Um 
I think the thing that's unique for us is we we've started to come up with a system to define how we make those deposits and what those with uh, and as well as withdrawals and um, and how important it is to have that or use that as a measurement tool in in our approach. So with deposits and withdrawals, there's just a couple images up there that that you can see, but. Uh, the biggest thing that we don't want to do is we never want to overdraft. We always want to make sure that we have more deposits than we have withdrawals and we got more money in the bank account than we, than we ever take out. And, um, you know, this, this is something that I think is extremely important. And we've, we've kind of defined four ways that we make deposits and withdrawals. So we start relationships and most good relationships in person. And uh, from there, we can start doing things like we write checks, which are our emails, uh, whatever we send to uh, fellow staff, you know, players, how, however, however we're communicating at that time. But emails, our, our ATM is like our text messages. And then our mobile banking is our social media. So our text messages are, you know, those direct messages that we're sending to people. Our mobile banking is who are we promoting on our Instagram account or our Twitter account and how are we utilizing that? So those are a couple of ways that we look at and we talk about weekly, like how are we grading this and what does that look like? And I think it's been extremely beneficial to kind of give us a framework to do, help with those check-ins and also make it relatable to the kids. And they understand the value of uh, put, investing time into those relationships. So th those are those are extremely, extremely, extremely important. And I got this from you, Coach Weaver, but you can't have rules without relationships. So finding ways to build those with your players and their families. Uh, are extremely important. So the, some of the experiences that we've had are community youth days, father-son fishing trips, football clinics, our coffee bean club, which just focuses on doing good things for other people. And uh, we'll every once in a while bring an ice cream truck. I was at school one day, I, you know, I, I had some, must have had some pretty bad body language and maybe was having a little bit of a tough day and was walking down the hallway by myself. And, uh, Mason, one of our managers, a sixth grader who was in a who was in a group that my middle school principal uh, or this principal in our middle school had me talk to that had making had been having a difficult time behaving in class, was coming around the corner and it's just me and him in the hallway, and uh, he looks at me and he goes, Coach Winkler, I just need to tell you something, and I was like, What's that, Mason? And you know, I thought, Here comes a football question or a wrestling question, athletics, something, or can he, can he meet one of the varsity players? And he goes, I just want to tell you your breath stinks today. And man, wow. What a, uh, what a mirror test. What a, what a self-assessment that I, that uh, kind of had immediately come over me and he held me accountable and he didn't say anything that was very heated, combative, uh, and, you know, uh, and I think that that is something that is super important. You know, when I talked to his group, we had talked about that a month previously, so, uh, or a month previous, and I thought it was so awesome that here's this sixth grader who I had talked to about having better body language and, uh, you know, making sure that they were doing the right things in class and, you know, talking to them about if you see others like that, an easy way that we check our buddy is we just tell him that his breath stinks. He remembered that from a month earlier and had brought that to my attention. So 
that was something where you you start to see the shift in how we're doing things uh not not just from our varsity football team but uh anybody that's come in contact with it and you know i i think that that is extremely important and mason mason checked me that day and i was grateful that he did uh but you know and you know it's something that i was just excited to see too that they were paying attention and uh they they were taking something from it and that kind of leads us into you know when when you're in those in that area of red you know you need to you need to be able to get back to green so uh this is this is from a presentation that coach tory did for uh my students and i thought it was a great graphic and it really spoke to how we take extremely complex or what we think are complex things and we need we think we need to have complex answers where really it's just our emotions and our emotions are very simple. You know, if, if we are upset, how do we get ourselves to be not that way? If we are feeling anxiety, if we are feeling, uh, you know, situations where we we're mentally, we're not in the right frame of mind. How do we get ourselves from that situation and into the green, just as similar as how do we get ourselves from a, a third and long and how do we get a first down? Right. So uh, based on every situation, we always have what's getting our attention and what's deserving our attention. You know, the, the biggest thing for me, this, this AFCA convention is, you know, could I, could I be hanging out with my buddies? Yeah. And you know, that's, that's a lot of fun and you need to have those times, but you know, right now, the biggest or most important thing for me is how am I preparing for this talk that I'm about to give? Because somebody's taking time out of their day to come watch me and uh, they're, they're, you know, they're expecting something and it's my job to deliver that to them and not just deliver it to them, but deliver it well. So I, I think that's super important. So, you know, rather than get in a hotel room with a couple of my coaching buddies and, you know, hanging out at the convention and going and seeing a couple of speakers, uh, I took the extra effort to make sure that I got in my own hotel room. I'm staying by myself. I'm, you know, grateful to have the opportunity to do things like this and really prepare for this thing because I, I think that, we all are searching for ways to make our football team better. And, uh, you know, I've been fortunate to be around a bunch of people that have helped helped me get to this point and hopefully it can help somebody else. Um, so with that, you know, the, when, when we're in the red, we're, we're frustrated, we're angry, we, we may have some anxieties, you know, and things like that. And that, that is, that is our red. We are in a heightened sense, uh, you know, and we, and we need to shift ourselves from red and look at, uh, how can we at least, you know, how can we start that transition from red to yellow to green? And it is as simple as a stoplight. And, you know, a lot of people, again, look for complex things. But, you know, sometimes the things that we learn from those around us that are, if you have kids or anything like that, you know, some of the things that they're using, uh, my, my nephew uses this in his preschool, is green and red choices. Right. And uh, and I think it's just as easy and we don't need to make it more complex than that when we're when we're adults. So how do we go from frustrated and angry to composed and in control? And, uh, you know, th those are th those are things that just referencing that is extremely important. And having the ability to go back and use this graphic uh, is something that I, I'm very thankful for and something that we've really kind of went all in on, you know, and, and taking a lot of time to, to a lot of time to utilize. So from there, quick story about, uh, 
our all pro tight end here that's on the uh, that's on the screen George Kittle um you know him drawing a little button on his hand with black sharpie so it's just a black dot and to people that means nothing but uh the the ability to just tap that black dot and reset after maybe a bad play bad block penalty something something like that you can see and when you bring this to a high schooler's attention they can see too like man that george kill is pretty tough he's an nfl player he's an all pro and uh if he's willing to do that man you know I, i think that helps speak to kids and again this goes back to your ability to not just have good information but be a great storyteller uh, to to those guys is is crucial in getting buy-in and creating something that uh, kids want to be a part of so it, finally you know the r factor we, if you follow anything that tim and brian kite do that is essentially what get back to green is and our stoplight but just record just controlling everything that we have uh you, you know put in front of us and, and recognizing it's happening for us, not against us, I think is extremely important. And uh, here, one of the things that we, we try to do is when we're, when we're responding and I guess I would kind of maybe make a quick, quick side note on this slide that when we say t- having urgency and our ur- urgency is to make sure that we're urgent with being intentional about how we do things, you know, how we're thinking about things. It's not necessarily making a quick decision, um, but having an urgency or being intentional about everything that you do and having that understanding, I think is extremely important. Uh, and then finally, you know, when you start to wrap all of this in, uh, th- that culture creates confidence. And it's not just you talking to your team. The The picture on the left here is a very good friend of mine, Phil Lopez. He is a Texas high school state champion football coach, and he's talking to my team in Gallup there. And uh, Coach Lopez is somebody that's been a great mentor, and he speaks a lot of the same language that that you hear on this podcast from not just uh, you know the two of you, but your guests as well. And you look at how that's affected not only our football teams that I've coached, but uh, myself. You know, in the picture on the right, where our tight end last year, he's our first college football player in at least seven years uh, to go on and are one of our very few college athletes that's went on to play at the next level and um, you know when you talk about that how we got to that point and you know it might not seem that special but his first game that he ever played I do believe he dropped eight to ten passes in a row and uh, man, it was it was tough, and that was our one and six year. And I looked at the schedule, you know, and the team we were playing, and I thought, man, this kid's gonna have a heck of a game. And he went out there and dropped eight passes in a row. He's down on himself, and you know, our, our ability to keep coming back to him and him knowing how important uh, he was to our program, you know, and not quitting on that moment. Uh, we, we might not have been successful that instant, but man, what, what, what an opportunity that kid went on to be the conference offensive player of the year, the next season led us to our first playoff game in over a decade. And then also, uh, you know, got the chance to be a scholarship football player. So that was pretty special. So creating confidence, uh, I, I think is important. And you do that through having a, a team that's got a culture where they can see 
there's growth, there's positivity. It's not Pollyanna positive where we say everything's great all the time, but you know, you, you've got a team that understands that we're moving in the right direction. And we, we love those players. We might not always love what they do, but we love those players and they want to keep coming back to that. So um, finally, you know, uh, what a couple of the things that we've done within our team that we, that we do that hopefully people can take away that maybe are not necessarily all that special in regards to most teams have them, but how we, how we view it in the, in the way we communicate, I think is something that is, is been a huge reason for the success that we've had. And also something that hopefully people can take away is that our leading, our leadership council is the most crucial piece of the team that I think you can put in place right now if you don't have it. And our leadership council has got representatives from every grade. It's more of a programs leadership council. We do weekly meetings and topics in the season, check-ins about workouts and attendance. Um, and then we also bring in guest speakers to talk to them that uh, are communicating a lot of the same messages that we're talking about tonight. Um, so with our leadership council, again, we're defining standards. They define the standards of the team. They, they have the ownership. And uh, we try to keep them to five or fewer just so that, uh, you know, you, you have to have room to grow. And, um, you know, I, I think it's important when kids come in and that you help give them that framework. And that's part of that. And then we also tell them if you choose to be different, which leadership that choice is to be different, not everybody will understand or want to be part of what you're doing at all times. So having a plan to increase buy-in is important especially you know when you're asking a young person to do that to help them formulate what that plan looks like and that's different for everybody so I, I don't want to say that what we're doing in Clintonville is going to work in other places but it does work for us and uh, you know I think that just the awareness that you're you're helping guide a young person to kind of develop their own idea of what buy-in means or what that what that encompasses is important uh so our leadership council everything that we do with leadership because we also have females from the basketball team or the volleyball team or uh, you know the track team come and be a part of this as well as our football players is we call it the four for 40 it's our r factor training if you will uh, and what we're trying to do in the four for 40 is give them the things that they're going to need in these four years that we have them throughout high school and let them develop their own take on those things so that they can be successful for the next 40 years so what we ask ourselves, what are those skills that are um, necessary? What soft skills do they need? You know, self-awareness, time management, the uh, financial or the relationship piece when it comes to how you track your finances is similar to how you track your relationships. You need to make sure you know what's in those bank accounts. And if a bank, a bank account's getting a little low, you need to start making some deposits. Uh, within that, especially with our football players, it's a little easier uh, because of the helmets, but we have the white stripes. It's a mentorship that's very, uh, you, you probably see similar things going on at Ohio State with, uh, with just the piece of tape that's going across the top of the helmet. 
we par we partner up a freshman, sophomore person that's new to the program with somebody that's a veteran within the program. And that veteran, as much as it's important for that player that is new to the program to do well, it is just as important, if not more important, for that veteran to find, and this is something that I think is extremely important in leadership, find the people that you're leading doing something good. Too often they're trying, to, you see people finding, well, this person didn't do this right, or this person could have done this better, rather than helping them grow in the areas that they can improve by finding them do something, by finding them doing something good to make them want to be more invested in the thing that you're currently doing. And uh, that that is not just, a, again, it's it's a life skill. And these guys are going to go out, they're going to be bosses, they're going to run businesses. And if they, if they don't take anything away, I hope it's that they're finding something good to say about people, um, you know, and a heck of a lot more good than bad tends to create a better overall organizational culture. Um, and that goes into our leadership modeling and situational practice. You know, we, we have our players give tours when they, when there are freshman orientation days or students that are coming into the district, they're going to give a tour of, you know, that school or the facilities to, to that family. They're going to do check-ins, check-ins with their buddy. And, uh, you know, at times they, they might check in on one of our middle school players or they might go down to the middle school. And we're, we're fortunate because our middle school is connected um, in our, to our building that is, they're pretty easily accessible. And our baseball coach, one of our baseball coaches is a PE teacher down there. So they can, they can find some time to maybe pop by and just say hi and check in with a middle school uh, student, which is our middle school mentorship program that we're trying to uh, develop even currently. This is pretty new for us, but it's been a been a great thing. And it's really done some positive things, not just for our program, but for our school. And, you know, the reason that we want everybody that's involved with our program to improve the quality of their R in every situation is because our R is the event for somebody else. And those those outcomes, you know, we, we want to be the reason that people are having a great day. We want to be the reason that people are maybe if they're having a tough time, we don't want to contribute to a negative. We want to diminish the negatives and hopefully create a positive. So within those mentorship programs, that's why it's so important that we focus on how do we just improve our R all the time how do we get back to green all the time how do we how do we do those little things and i'm not saying it's easy i'm not saying it's a quick fix but how do we get there and how do we get there as soon as we can um you know and i think that's really important because we do have a lot of players we have a lot of uh people within the school that recognize man there are there are more things going on in this world that are difficult whether that be people's mental health, you know, and depression, things like that. And a lot of that, uh, you know, not to not to go on a rant or anything, but a lot of that I think is associated with how quickly we see the results of things. You know, a kid, if he has a bad game, finds out about it on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, that he, he has not performed well, or, you know, a coach or something like that. And recognizing and realizing, man, you know, when when we put ourselves out there, we have big targets on our backs, and you know that that comes with the territory. But it is extremely important to uh, be understanding and be mindful that 
man, we need to lift people up and not uh, not create a situation that's just going to make something worse for somebody else. And uh, that goes into this is a, this is a favorite graphic of mine that Coach Tory gave me. Um, the the thoughtful operator, elite performer, developing an aggressive competitor. And we want to go from in being in Wisconsin, you know, Aaron Rodgers is very important to us. So we want to go from developing and to elite performer. And that that's the trajectory that we want to be on. This is the trajectory that we think we're on because life is messy. People are messy. People are hard. And this is actually probably really what's happening. We're, we're up and we're going to fall a little bit. We're up. We're going to fall a little bit. We're going to keep growing. And it takes a long time. And, you know, the, the thing that we keep communicating to our players is you see Aaron Rodgers play on Sundays. And the, the things that sometimes we forget are Aaron Rodgers was not Green Bay's favorite son when he was drafted and Brett Favre was still on the team and he ran out to practice and everybody booed him. He was not always the favorite son at, uh, at Cal. He did not have an offer coming out of high school and he had to fight through a lot of adversity and he had to get to a point where he could be an elite performer and overcome some of those things that, that uh, are not very easy to take in and always come out with a positive outcome. So we're, we're seeing him, we're seeing him in this stage that is, that is totally different from where if they were around, you know, and these kids not to date myself, but these kids were there 18 years ago when he stepped on the Packers practice field, he was, he was not necessarily the guy that everybody wanted out there. So I think that that's pretty important. Um, and then really this gets into our off season training and quarterback development but uh do you want me to wrap this up or because this yeah you is... can wrap it up right here yeah yeah, yeah so you can um so th again this is this is a short snippet into what i think has brought a lot of value to clintonville it's brought, brought a lot of value to our culture and the things that we want to be known for and uh want our players to become and again we're, we're really just helping them get to where they want to go. Uh, they, and that's, that's our entire focus within this. And by, in order to do that, we have to create a culture that allows them to get to where they want to go. So I, I appreciate you guys having me on. I cannot tell you how grateful I am for the two of you and you helping me develop in my coaching journey and, you know, the opportunity to go and really talk about it. Some things that all of us have, you know, talked about, worked on, developed together. And, uh, you know, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, this presentation brings some value to a lot of other people. And uh, I think it's necessary. And um, I'm really excited about the opportunity. So thank you guys for having me on. Man, Nick, look, this was fantastic. I, I never knew about Murph and Colt. So I've learned something uh, brand new that I'm going to take into our offseason and present to our head coach about the importance of Murph and the importance of Cole in our locker room. And, uh, man, I just want to thank you for taking time out of being, a, being at the F AFCA and spending some time with us and people that won't be able to make it to your session because they want to go to another session, all that stuff. Uh, we're going to be able to publish this live for people to go and watch it on YouTube and watch forever and ever and ever for how you do things at Clintonville 
and uh just want to thank you for coming on and thank you for being a friend yeah yeah definitely and uh man i guess what's what's awesome is you know this whole experience has just been fantastic so you guys are you guys are top notch and this this podcast I, I will tell you i've met a couple coaches down here and without necessarily talking about or bringing it up they've they've mentioned how impactful the culture classroom is and uh it's been pretty cool to hear about just and it's, it's across the country it's across the nation and that's that's pretty powerful hey yeah just uh thanks coach i just appreciate it i uh, appreciate my relationship with both of you People don't know, Coach Winkler and I talk every morning, um, usually somewhere between 4.45 and 5.15 Central Time, about the time I'm getting off the treadmill and uh, getting my day started before I sit down and start grading all the papers that eight graders turn in and everything like that. But the two of you have made me better, a more intentional person, a more intentional leader. And uh, Coach Winkler, I just appreciate our relationship. I think you're a board agreement because a lot of things anymore, we go to clinics, we go read, read books, we talk to other people, and we pick up ideas, but most of it, my my opinion, the skill is, it's all how you organize it. So I appreciate you organizing these things into the four agreements. 